HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by the Wisconsin Cheese Cupid Pairing app, available on Android and Apple devices. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live in the new year, slightly late as usual on the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Hey, how you doing? Got, as usual, in the studio with me today, Nastasia of the Hammer Lopez, direct back from her trip to Italy. How was Italy? It was okay. Uh, nah, bad company, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, don't worry. Not your, friends don't your friends don't listen. Your friends don't listen. Your friends don't listen. We got Peter Kim, the uh, director of the Museum of Food and Drink, talking about uh, what's going on with the program there, what we have planned in the new year. And, and of course, in the booth, Jackie Molecule. Jack Inslee. How you doing, Jack? I'm great. Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you, man. Yeah, so what do we got, what do we got going on? Anything, anything good to announce for the, from the Heritage Radio Network in this yes, new year? Absolutely. This is going to be slightly long, but worth it. All right. Um, the Cooking Issues listeners came through so much for our fundraising drive that I have to shout all of them out. All right, shout Are away. Are you ready for this? <laughs> what okay. was that song? Are you ready for this? What's that? That's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, the Jock Jams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm right. like, huh? Let's see. I'll put it over some music here. We'll put the theme song on or something. Thomas Metcalf, Alex McLeod, Aaron Perez, Brian Garthwaite, Josh Withlam, Jason Molinari, Drew Lang, Greg O'Harris, Don Vo, Marcos Mokin McQueen, William Sabados, Chris Walker, Fred Schneidereit, sorry, Steve Terrell, Kenneth Yee, Andrew Fessler, Andrew Schultz, Jen Tom, Renee Kasberg, Jonas. Diergnis, Justin Carlisle from Ardent, Devin Maloney, Steve McLarnan, Rich McDonough, hey, Nastasia Lopez, Lee Crawford, Nicholas Devlin, Nicholas Siebert, Edward Dinell, John Derrigan, Catherine Alford, Chris Kaiser, Robert McCammont, Peter Spandy, Kim Dykeman, Co Miles, Kevin Scott, Mark Bledsoe, Jeff Mays, Yuri Maimon, Ellen Elliot Papenow, Ruben Cable, Jean Nahal, Andy Melka, Ray Locicero, sorry, Jeffrey Given, Nicholas Elliott, David Tassinari, Joel Esposito, T- 
Timothy Helmuth, and of course, John Riper. There we go. Nice. Wow. Nice. Thanks, everybody. You really like the, the, the cooking issues team really made our fundraising drive like possible. Nice. Yeah. But Nastasia put a note on my uh, on my list of questions today saying I should handle the old questions first, but I don't have my old questions, so I won't be handling them first. Someone can come up with them and then read them to me. But in the meantime, for some reason, I'm told that we're actually doing a live product demonstration on the on the air today of a product that I have never used before or seen before. So why don't you, Stas, why don't you tell us what this is? Some people from Drinkmate sent us a Drinkmate. Uh, well, why don't you explain what it is? A since carbonated drink maker. Mostly for sodas, uh, beer, wine, smoothies, and coffee. So it looks a whole hell of a lot like a soda stream. Yep. It has the same form factor as a soda stream. It looks like it uses a similar cartridge. I have you haven't shown me the cartridge. The so cartridge, yeah, is the same. The here. exact one with the exact fittings that Soda Stream uses. Yes. Basically, so yeah. you can use a Soda Stream cartridge in it. Yes. Okay. Uh, flip it around there, Peter, so I can take a look at it. All right, it uses what looks to be an identical bottle to the Soda Stream, at least identical in style. Now, the the thing I'm a crap about this guy, as opposed to the other ones, is these people are saying that you can go ahead and carbonate an alcoholic beverage in it from uh, from the get go. Uh, now, just with what that means for those of you who have ever tried carbonating a uh, a non water beverage in a Soda Stream is that they must have recalibrated the overflow, the uh, overpressure valve in it. Uh, That's the main reason why you can't carbonate um, alcoholic or anything really other than water in a soda stream because there's the extremely distinct possibility that if you're not extraordinarily careful, you will clog the uh, overpressure valve and lead to such amusing things as the bottle flying off in all directions and shattering a bunch of glassware in your house. In fact, I had someone, even though I explicitly said what the problem was, he was like, uh, maybe even a cooking issues listener. I don't know. It's like he's like, thanks, Dave, for ruining all the glassware in my house. I'm like, hey, man, you know, this is at your own risk kind of a situation. When you go off the instruction manuals and take heart, uh, Searsall owners out there, if you deviate, the instructions are there to provide the safest experience possible. Anytime you deviate from the instructions, whether they're our instructions or the Soda Stream people's instructions. You're kind of taking your life into your own hands. You know what I'm saying, Stas? Yes. You agree? Mm-hmm. So the bartender here, when I told him what was going down, he was like, oh, man, it's funny you say that. I put milk in my soda stream. It was a mess. Oh, don't ever milk. Milk's the worst. Yeah. Of all the things but you can try to... Car- put why milk in there? Like, you want? Yeah, what was the urge? Well, aside from the fact that, like, if it depends on the on the milk and how it's pre-stabilized, but you can have issues, you know, with... but. Uh, it's it's a, a, a it's a huge urge people have to carbonate milk. Why? It, yeah. It it just is. I guess you could make a better egg cream. Egg creams? No. Uh, no <laughs> uh, there's no such. First of all, I'm going to get some angry calls about this. I've tried to love the freaking egg cream. Contains neither egg nor cream. I've tried to love it many times, many many times. I've tried to love it. I have made it. I have purchased the official You Bet Foxes uh, syrup, which is the official egg cream syrup, which is like at one point maybe looked at a cocoa pod at some point, but that's about as close as it gets to being real chocolate. And uh, I just don't like them. I just don't like them. I do not like them. Okay. Do you like them? No, I don't. Do you like egg creams? No, I'm not crazy about Jack, that. Jack, egg creams? I'm not that crazy about them. Yeah, someone call me. Someone call in to 718-497-2128. Is that right? Yeah. 718-497-2128. And then uh, tell me why egg creams are worth even worrying about. Piper used to try to work on it all the time, and even he 
he was dedicated to it. I think that's all he did when he went home was work on egg creams and eggnog, anything with the word <laughs> egg in it. And uh, no, no good. No good. All right. No good. So um, I'm just guessing based on looking at this, you've overfilled the bottle. No, the max fill line is. <laughs> max yeah. fill line for alcohol or max fill line for water? Max. Did you actually read the freaking yeah, instructions? Wow. No right. faith in Stas. First of all, all like Peter and Nastasia have read the instructions. <laughs> so like by Nastasia's own reckoning, that's like one person of like, you know. <laughs> Of normal care, reading the instructions. Oh, All right, man. so so let's go. Let's put. I'm gonna put a micro. Put a microphone. We doing this? Right. I guess. I don't know. I'm doing do short bursts. I don't know how this happens. You're hey, a wait, short hold burst. on. I'm gonna come video it. Right. Peter, come on, just do it. Well, how, how, who's to define short? Short's not a number. You made that up. You just lied. It said 0.25 seconds. It says, a quarter of a second. <laughs> it says maybe as short as 0.25 seconds. Uh, so this is an interesting technique that I've never tried with the soda stream before, to be honest, of this short burst technique. The idea, I guess, being that you can't build up a big head of foam with these short bursts. Keep going. It hasn't gone through its overpressure yet. Yep. Does it say to go till it, it farts? The the <laughs> that sound is so funny. Yeah, till it farts. Till it farts. It's just like a soda stream. This is an interesting technique, people. I might have to revise. I won't, I'm not going to revise liquid intelligence. But this might be a revision. Oh, oh. oh, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait. I know, I know, I know. Wait for it to settle. Don't take it off yet. Do not take it off yet. Patience. Patience is not a virtue, but in this case, this is not patience. This is just waiting for God to not be angry. Now, wait. God's still angry, Peter. Okay, I think we're good. No, you're not. I think we're good. Let me, you are not. You are not good. You are not good. I will tell you when you are good. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it. You are not good. Okay. This is what people, when you're doing this, it's like, it's like when I tell you, how many years have I been carbonating, Peter? Why would you doubt me when I say it's not good yet? You know what I'm saying? It's like, wait for the bubbles. You see all those little bubbles that are still in it? As soon as you release it, those will expand, create foam. It will overflow the yeah, thing. I'm just taking this off the top. I'm you know what that will do? That will release the pressure. I'm not releasing the pressure. <laughs> that will release they the pressure. They have a separate thing that releases okay. the pressure. Okay. They have a separate button. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Pull up. Pull. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay, all right. Go. So, now. you see? Now. All right. You're supposed to shake the bottle before releasing the pressure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why? To... It says it's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> All right. Do that or not? Go, go. All right. Gently shaking. <laughs> okay. And then place the carbonation and fizz and fuel on level service. Open the slow release. Not valve. yet. <laughs> then not yet. Dave, you've had your kids, man. Listen, stop. It's going to ruin the beverage. Stop. <laughs> all right. We're going to talk about something else until this thing. Beca- First of all, that was the weakest shake I've ever seen in my life. Give this thing. It said gently shake. Crap on them. This is carbonation Jedi training. Now right listen. Here. All right. I'm going to keep it away from Peter until it freaking settles out and oh, looks clear. What? We don't. They don't know what we're carbonating. Oh. oh yeah. we are what, carbonating, what are we carbonating? Right. Not milk. A uh, mule forced. Mule forced. Riesling, 2009. How much did this bottle cost? From yeah, Alsace? It's on Heritage Radio. It's on Heritage Radio? Yep. Oh, nice. All right. 13.5% alcohol by volume, which is a good uh, alcohol level for carbonation. Um, it, yeah. Doesn't this mean Le means in the place of said? In place of being saying? What does this mean, <laughs> French-speaking man? I don't, yes, I don't know. Place, speak, right? Said, yeah, but I don't know. Place said, Mulefourst. It's so weird. It's such a random combination of German and French. That's uh, what Alsace is, I guess. 
Stas, isn't it great? Just you know, ten minutes of uh, verbal hatred from Dave, it's a little beat down, vitriol, listen. and then a relaxing beverage. Yeah. Listen, yeah, listen. take the edge off. We are. Uh, <laughs> it's a great. I don't see to how we're going to have relaxing beverages unless we're taking pulls directly off of the freaking bottle because there's no cups in oh, here, yeah. geniuses. Yeah, that, I'll take that one. All That's right. my bad. So now, Peter, Dave's a great drinking buddy. Now, guys. yeah. Now, Peter, you may gently open it. Wait, no, he has to release. But yeah, that's what I mean. Gently, re- gently. So, all right, put it on stop. The See, look, look at the thing. Don't look at the instructions. Look at the beverage. I know. All right. Now there are bubbles that are slowly rising to the top. Watch the foam Li- open the bottle. Wait, 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 wait. Now you may fully release it. No, it says I'm supposed to close the the slow release. Why? And then wait for the bubbles to, to settle before opening it. I don't know. What's with the blue thing? You don't have to touch the blue thing. I don't know, dude. Okay, so I can press the button for the fast release. No, no, no. Okay, once in in point twenty five second burst, Peter. All right. All right, there, you're good. Okay, fully depressurized. You're good. Screwing. Yes. All right, now, here. Right. You got LN to chill these glasses? <laughs> what? Are, I'm amateurs! These are the worst people in the whole world. I may say something else, uh, Jack, Stas, and Peter, is that nine times out of ten, this one's Jack's, nine times out of ten, um, still wines, although they taste good. Oh, where have you learned to pour? <laughs> like... People, when you're pouring a, a not cold enough drink, which this wine was not cold enough, into a not say, cold glass. It doesn't say it needs to be cold on the instructions, which is strange. Oh, I'm sorry that they don't really understand the principles involved. I'm just letting everybody know. Listen, it's a well-known uh, fact. It's a fact of uh, physics slash chemistry, depending on how you look at it, that the carbonation level is directly... Re- it's going to be weak carbonation because it's underchilled and because Peter touched it. Cheers, people. Let's see. Cheers. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year, guys. I hate myself. (laughs) It's nice, actually. (laughs) After all that, it is nice. It's nice. nice. It's undercarbonated. I'm surprised. It's undercarbonated for what I want. It's undercarbonated for what I would do if I was carbonating. But it's carbonated well for a wine, and in fact, most wines you don't want overcarbonated. So, like one of the uh, yeah, rice that you have with uh, carbonated. This was my death touch, Dave. I was th- you. You were assuming I was making mistakes every step so of the way. But I was. I was micro calibrating the carbonation. You know what the other thing is? Is that uh, this wine has a bit of a sherry note on the end, a bit of oxidation, yep. which uh, I like in carbonated beverages. But a lot of people don't because the oxidized nature of it kind of comes up. But I think that's just due to the age of the wine. Uh, in this in this case, well, happy New Year! Okay. Cheers. Yeah. Good job, Peter. Well, is that so, what we need so out of life? Dave, is that a, what we need out of Dave, life, people? To Dave, hear a good job all the freaking time. Give it time? a shout out. What? Just right. what we use. I just want you to be proud of me, Dave. Oh, that's <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm gonna go give the bartender a taste of this because he wanted yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Oh. Brought to you by Drinkmate, carbonated drink maker, a máquina desbabidas carbon carbonizadas. Right? Uh, yeah. It's not obviously they're not selling in Canada. Where's the French? Where's right. the French at? Yeah. Where be I want to see what box. a smoothie tastes like carbonated. Disgusting. Well, I was telling you that right from the get-go. Who, like, carbonating a smoothie, you know what that makes it taste like? Like it fermented, like it went bad, like rot, like stank. I don't like, ugh, carbonated smoothie. Blah. Well, get back to me. Maybe you people love carbonated smoothies. I don't know. Listen, I have my taste. You have yours. What's that from, Stas? Uh, you you carbonate your drink, I'll carbonate my. Brrr. That's like uh, what's his name? Yukon Cornelius yeah, yeah, is like yeah 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Not I'm better at Hermie than I am at at uh, and I'm better at uh, at uh, a uh, what's his name? Uh, what was his name in the box? Oh, Charlie. Uh, yeah. It says on the box four steps of sparkling, but forgets the sort of three steps in between those four steps of, of yelling at each other. Human degradation. <laughs> exactly. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen, people. Pull your drink mate to the fill line. Listen, people. Now. Listen, people. People. <laughs> Tell everybody else how worthless they are. People, 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 people. Here's, here's the New Year's resolution. Stop being an enemy of quality and just do it right. Just freaking... He did it right. He did it right. Well, and that I come back and you're still yelling, huh? That required me yelling at him. It's like, it's this like listen, tough. when this, I'm this. yelling, it's not personal. It has nothing to do... It has to do with the product. I just want the product to be good. Everybody at Roberta's really loves this. They're very, very, very impressed. Oh, good, good. But you know what my point is? Is that all I worry about is the quality of the product. Yeah. That's it. Well, we know this. Yeah. yeah. You've ruined me, too. Yeah. <laughs> You should hear the things I say to my girlfriend now. Wow. Like what? Well, I mean, when things aren't done right, I just kind of lose it, you know? I th- but I think that's good. I called her an enemy of quality once. She never forgave me. I th- that's a good thing. It's like, because no one wants to be that. I mean, that's the th- like, no matter what you do in life, you can either try to be better at it or not. Right? Like, why be no. lazy? You have to live. Like, that's the thing. You have to go through life. Why would you want to do it? In a haphazard and crappy manner. I don't know, Dave. Sometimes I don't want to live sometimes. Oh, know? that's, that's by the way, Peter's <laughs> Patrick Martin's invitation. Taken, taken, well, no, no, but taken from a, a, a round table, a MOFAD round table we did, where uh, Peter Singer, the, uh, the philosopher kind of, you know, who started the animal liberation movement, uh, was on the panel and basically calling Patrick out. You know that these, you know these animals. Oh no! So someone in the audience actually, yeah, yeah. these animals want to live, and he's like, "Sometimes I don't want you do it. <laughs> no, you, you do it. I can't do it. You're the it. you're the Patrick imitator. Well, sometimes I don't want to live, you know. And then, and then <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll say I'll say something. I'll be Peter Singer, which I'm not going to do in Australian because he has an Australian accent. Uh, but he goes, uh, he says. Uh, what did he say? He said, well, all of your animals, even if they're treated really well, like, you know, they're all castrated. All the males are castrated. Like, you know, what, you know, what do you think about that? Do you remember what he, his response was? I can't was? Yes, remember that I one. Remember. I was circumcised. <laughs> oh. <laughs> pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well um, done, Patrick. Uh, cheers to Patrick. Yeah, cheers yeah. to Patrick. Our, our benevolent founder of, uh, of the Heritage Radio Network. Okay, by the way, before I get into it, by the time we get into it, it'll be over. But the, today is just one of those freaking days in New York City. Do you know what I mean? Cold? Well, no, it's like it got cold so fast that the crazies haven't made it home yet. So the crazies are still out, mm-hmm. but it's like freezing. Like I had that guy on the subway today who is playing music out loud on his phone. Yeah. Oh, worst. 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 It makes me wish I was a giant hulking brute because then I could just pick up my phone and play the like whatever the polar opposite of what he is playing. And it's always a dude. It's always a large dude who's never like I don't know comes from a place where no one's ever been like you know dude that's like not cool. You know what I mean? Like he's always been big, and so no one's ever like you know dude you're you're kind of a you're kind of an a hole here. You know what I mean? And so like. But like if I was a giant human, I would just play with the opposite and then be like, oh, wait, I thought it was just random annoy your you know, neighbor with crap music day. You know what I mean? But no, I'm not a giant. I can't even say when headphones are too loud. Never mind playing music. And then, and that, yeah, I know, right? But put headphones. 
blindfolds on. I mean, no one at the subway is trying to kill him. He doesn't need to keep his wits about him. I understand people on bicycles who play music out loud. Like, I don't particularly like it, but I understand. My brother does it. I understand it because they're, like, trying to say, I am near you. Like, you hear moving music, biker near you. I get it. You know what I mean? But, like, in a subway, what the hell? Well, you know, why do you need, what you know? And then when I get off the subway, I'm walking over here. You know, through the through the through the apartments, right? Through Bushwick housing, I'm walking over through here, and the dude on the electric bicycle, smoking a cigarette, doing delivery delivery, creeps past me on a sidewalk, doing like 15 mile an hour on his silent freaking electric bike. Hate that. Hate that. Uh, Oof. Hate that. New York, just you know, New York. Happy New Year. And everyone who went out and walked their freaking dog this morning, I'm a dog owner, by the way, everyone who went out and walked their dog this morning and forgot to bring their gloves with them didn't take the time to pick up the poop because their hands were too cold. I don't care about your fingers. Pick up the poo. You know what I'm saying? Anyways. All right. Hi, Peter. Oh, hello, Dave. (laughs) This Riesling is uh, quite lovely, isn't it? It is good. It is good. You know, wait, these guys come up with a portable one, too, that you can take. So when you go to Phil's house, and you're like, who brought this crappy Chardonnay? Well, it's not portable. The lid can stay on. No, no, it's a separate. It comes with Mm. a little CO2. What's the retail on this thing? What is the MSRP, Nastasia? I have no idea. No clue. What is it again? I'll look it up. By the way... Uh, okay, so I haven't seen you guys in a while, so I'll run through some of the stuff that's happened uh, cooking-wise over the uh, over the break here. I made possibly the best prime rib of my life over the Christmas time, and it, unf- I, I hate to say it, but it's not it wasn't like a reproducible thing. I started doing – I put uh, – how did I do it? I wrapped – my mom had like some old giant Ziploc that uh, – did I even use that? How did I bag it? Because huh. I did it low temp. I don't even remember. I think I bagged it like in like a trash bag. I don't know. I bagged it in something vile and disgusting. But I thought originally, oh, no. I know what I did. My mom, had, I told the, her to have the butcher cut the bones off, right? So I we cut the bones off. And every year I try to cook the bones and stuff. And you're like, you know what? You don't need to low temp the bones. You want the bones cooked high. And you want that high overcooked meat with the fat and the gristle and crap around the bones, right? So like all of a sudden, and there's not a big piece of meat. So it's okay to pre-salt that for a long time uh, ahead of time. So all of a sudden now I'm already on a winning path, a path to winning. Right, uh, so I salted down the the uh, bones, put them in the fridge, took out the roast, and then wrapped it in plastic wrap a billion times, like we used to do with uh, with chickens. Remember, mm-hmm. remember I the know. old plastic wrap roll. So I plastic wrap rolled it, which means it was super easy to get circulated. It, but here's the problem: I didn't have enough time to I didn't have enough time because I started too late, right? So I was starting it at 55. I was going to do it all the way through, do a cool down. But then, like, and, you know, when I only had a couple of hours left, I was like, ah, so I jacked it to 58, figured it doesn't matter if the outside's overcooked a little bit. And then when I rest it to cool it down, I'll get an initial bump into the inside, which was true. So after a little bit of that, I pulled it out, and the initial was at uh, 50, like, four, no, like four in the high 40s, right, Uh, Celsius on the inside. So this is where my tandoor training – and by the way, after the New Year's, I did tandoor chicken. I am becoming much – every time I use the tandoor, I get better and better and better at at the tandoor. And the tandoor is all about in and out and in and out if you're a Who fan. You're not a Who fan? You don't like the Who? No, it's in my head. Now it's – yeah, sorry about that. Well, you know. Isn't that the Squeezebox song? 
Anyways, mm-hmm. so like what I did was I was like, Ma, Ma, have you already done cooking the potatoes or what? Can I have the oven? So she like pulls the potatoes out. I crank the oven to 500 and then it's in and out, right? So I'm like in for 20 out for out for twenty. Let it let it the outside cool down. In for twenty until I figured that the the last rest would bring the inside just up to fifty five. And then the outside would have that overcooked thing that we all liked. Oh, and underneath it, I just let the 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 rack roast until it was right. Right, threw it in for a couple of minutes at the end, and then served the whole thing. Uh, in fact, I cooked. In fact, I put the roast on the rack for the in and out. I wrote, pre-roasted the rack and then put the roast back on the rack for the in and out procedure so that you wouldn't get an overcooked section next to the bone where you don't want it overcooked. Right? 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 Uh, great. So why, why is this not replicable? Uh, because I didn't write down the numbers right. or anything like that. And the end effect was what? Delicious! Yeah. Delicious! <laughs> delicious! Fiddler on the roof? <laughs> yeah, Fiddler on oh, the delicious. Gosh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, there's still time to try out, Dave. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I have a caller whenever you're ready. Oh, caller, you're on the air. Hi, Dave. How's it going? All right. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Good. Happy New Year. Um, I'm going to try and follow in your footsteps. I'm planning on going to Mexico City in two weeks, and I think I'm going to try and bring back a Nixtamatic. Awesome. And so I think. Did you say you carried yours on? Like, what do, do I? What should I expect? Like, I'm just kind of nervous about like. Do you pack light? This big thing, and then like not being able to take it on the plane with me, kind of thing. Like, can you pack light? Um, I could. Yeah, I would pack light and then just bring it back as you're checked. Okay. Yeah, just leave it in the box, like overwrap the box, and have it as you're checked. Now, let me tell you a little thing, a couple things about the Nixtamatic. Uh, did I talk about this when I was making Christmas yes. cookies? Uh-huh. That I like it would poof. It came back to life. I told you it came back to life. Don't grind almonds in it. After you add sugar, if you add sugar to almonds, if you grind just almonds or any nut, it works like a champ, right? If you, if you add sugar to it while it's grinding, the oil will get expressed and it will turn to a glue on the inside, clamp your plates together, and then that's when you're going to get the poof on the motor. So don't do that. Another, This lady just pulled a bottle of wine. Oh, uh, she's dripping water on her pizza. She's dripping water on her phone, on her pizza. Oh, that Jesus. sounds so disgusting oh, to me, like water on pizza. Oh, Jesus. She's, oh, my God. I can't look. I'm looking away. I'm turning the <laughs> microphone and talking to you, and I'm looking away from the woman. Um, so uh, where was I? Where was I? Nick's dramatic. The other thing you have to know is that the casting quality on the burrs isn't – she's done with the wine. I can look back. Uh, isn't necessarily um, the best. And so what happens is is the first – four or five batches you make with the Nixtamatic of Masa are going to be fairly coarse. And you need to literally grind the, the Masa burrs into, uh, into like a coplanar kind of a, a situation. And so the very first one you do, like, you know, obviously grind some dry rice to get most of the metal grid out. But I just don't worry about a little bit of extra steel getting into my Masa for the first couple of runs around. And my plates have gotten like a lot, lot uh, better over, over time. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, your 10th batch, batch of masa is going to be better than your first or your second okay. or third. So I don't know where it levels out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps getting better, in other words. But it starts out, like, not so great. But don't worry about that. Okay. Just buy a lot of rice. But, yeah, or, like I said, like, after I went through a couple things of rice, uh, I just started... I was like, to hell with it. And, dude, you, you know, you're double grinding the masa, right? So you're doing a, du- a double grind on it. Uh, uh-huh. and uh, But, yeah, it just keeps getting better. 
Okay, that's good. Yeah, just I think for some reason I was under the impression that there was um, they might give you a hard time about checking checking it. So no, I mean it doesn't have any lithium batteries in it. When I was in China, uh, you know, they were like, you know, that's like literally the week I was in China. I don't know if I already said this. Literally the week I was in China, they they stopped allowing you to bring hoverboards on the plane, even in checked baggage, because they kept blowing up. But there's no lithium batteries in this, so it's all good. Cool. No one right. understands corn grinder anyway. You're like corn grinder. That's like I brought a you know when I went to Japan and brought back the toilet. They're like, you're bringing a toilet back. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. And what? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, thanks so much. All right. Hey, listen. Uh, let us know how it works once you get it. Have a good time in Mexico. I'm sure you. Hey, go to uh, the the uh, the Merced. I think is the name of the market. Right. Go uh-huh. there, and uh, there's a lady. Squash blossom quesadillas. Get it. Buy it. Eat it. <laughs> I've, I've already listened. All right, good. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, oh, so uh, the last thing I will say is because it is the season uh, to be jolly uh, for New Year's, I busted out our old mochi maker that we had like years ago, and I made the fresh mochi, which is delicious. And I'm here. I know this trend is like 10 years old almost next year. This year, 2016. Uh I think 10. Moffle. You ever had a moffle, Peter? Nope. Jack, moffle? Nope. Stas, moffle? No. So, so like, Stas is like, why are you talking about food? This is a cooking show. No, I've heard story for the third time. That's not possible. I've only seen you once. I know, and in that time, one to me, one to Nick Wong. No, we were together talking I about know. it. Third time. Yeah, well, I'm sorry that, you know, not everyone in the freaking world, like, can sit around and talk with us all the time. How many times do I have to hear you talking about Daniel Krieger and Bananagrams and how you have disparate ways of playing with each other? (laughs) (laughs) Not once. I've heard it three freaking times already. And that's something stupid. Freaking how to play Bananagrams. People, two-letter Scrabble words are legit. I'm sorry that you don't like key spelled (laughs) Q-I. I apologize for your lack of of liking. Yes, young Jedi. By the way, it is not... Not the same. I'm looking at it now. It's not the same as a soda stream bottle. It's not the same as a soda stream bottle. It's got little weird pegs on it. So they're not mutually compatible. I'm enjoying observing the acrimony, much like the emperor between Luke and his <laughs> give father. Me, give me some electric hands, Peter. Infinite power. Uh, so the, uh, oh no, unlimited power. That's what he says, right, when he kills Mace Windu? Yeah. Uh, and I'm supposed to spoil the new Star Wars for Peter. Not oh, Peter. Don't do that. Not on air. No, I would never do that. God. One of my friends spoiled it on Twitter. It what the, the worst. hell? I know. Why are they still your friend? They're not. Good. It's over. All right. Done. Anyway, so back to mochi. So uh, turns out fresh mochi is freaking delicious, and I don't advocate that you go out and spend 219 bucks on a mochi maker, but if you happen to have one lying around, I the Tiger Mochi Maker, it is sick. And I did fresh mochi. Which was really good. Like we did it. I did it Italian style because I didn't have any sesame oil or anything with me. But like li- they're like little gnocchi, but even more chewy, delicious. But then you just take it and you pat it out thin, and it works the next day, Stas. Which I couldn't have told you because I did it this morning it's true. Uh, and last night. You can take the hard like day old mochi, and I think even commercial mochi, and you just put it. You sp- put spray grease in a waffle iron. And it just expands to fill out the waffle iron and turns out like crispy outside and like gooey inside mochi in the waffle iron. And that's hence mochi waffle moffle. And they are like. Dude, that's the next ramen burger, man. It's got to be like I don't like pick up on this people 
like start making this crap in restaurants here in the U.S. because it is a win. The only issue is, is that uh, the texture, like like all freshly done mochi, the texture tends to change um, pretty drastically and pretty quickly. So it's best as a quickly eaten item. And I saw some people online doing it, and their stuff just looked like low, weak, weak. You got to make sure that the waffle goes on long enough, get it thin enough. And here's the other trick: you have to lift the waffle plate out a bunch of up like two or three times during the cook to get the maximum lateral expansion of the mochi but anyway so uh i'm, I'm planning on playing more with uh mochi uh as time wears on the reason i got it out not because of new year's because anyone who's listened to the last episode knows that this year is going to be the year of starch research for me well plus i'm supposed to write a book and get a centrifuge done you hear it here, heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Your starts research. Stop. Well, let's just take a really quick break, yeah? All right, coming right back with cooking issues. So today's program is brought to you by the Cheese Cupid app, which is a really fun and awesome app which will pair cheese with a beverage. So don't be shy. Choose a category. What beverage complements your cheese? What cheese complements your beverage? Wisconsin Cheese Cupid has the answer. Simply choose the beverage or cheese in need of a soulmate, and Wisconsin Cheese Cupid will do the rest. Feeling adventurous? Pairing Roulette will create a random yet perfectly delicious pairing for you. So visit CheeseCupid.com, get the app, check it out, pair your cheese and your wine. We'll be right back. You didn't see uh, Despicable Me? Wow. I learned Peter Kim has not seen Despicable Me. I haven't seen it either. What the hell is wrong with you people? Yeah. So that's that's you know that's just a whole list of cultural references I can't use on you guys. Yeah, that's true. Weak. Oh, yeah. uh, wait. We had one last thing. What were we talking about? Mochi, carbonation, tandoor, tandoor. I don't know. It'll come to me. Or oh, uh, your uh, roast. No, yeah, that's no, not over. that. No, that's over. I'm done talking about that. I'll never talk about it again. Uh, I'll just get to some questions, and eventually it'll come to me. Happy New Year! I have a cooking issue which I would love to discuss on your podcast, and that is the issue of cooking for a one. We just actually we had this conversation last night, Stas. Oh yeah, you we, th- we all three of us did. You think it's not sad? I'm the one who doesn't cooking like cooking for one is sad. Oh, yeah. Going out to eat by yourself is not sad. What? Cooking for uh, one. I don't mind either way. Really, I don't like. I don't like eating. I don't My like, life lives in Ethiopia. What can I say? I don't like eating. Yeah, she works for the her. UN. What? What? <laughs> Said he has yet to meet her. <laughs> uh, Ethiopianwives.com, man. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. The papers will come through any day now, Peter. Any day. Yeah. Um, so, it, the, the point being, I don't like to eat. I don't mind. Like, when I cook for myself, and it's uh, this person's, she's going to get mad. But, like, when I cook for myself, literally, it's always the same thing. It's poached eggs. And because I'm only doing three, it's traditional. It's funny that you choose poached eggs. Why not just like a sunny side up egg? I find that to be even easier. I like poached eggs, and my wife doesn't like them. Yeah. So like, it's not that she doesn't like he them, but she treat himself. She, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm treating myself to something that I can't cook in general for the yeah, family. I that I see the waitress when she pours this freaking beverage for the person wiped off the bottle so that it wouldn't drip all over every freaking thing. Low quality enemies, enemies of quality. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't like uh, eating by myself primarily because I eat so fast that there's always a lot of sitting and staring at the ceiling and all this other stuff while I'm waiting for the next plate of food to come out. And I freaking hate being by myself waiting for a check. I freaking hate waiting for checks. Even when I'm with use, companies. Use the cover app. Yeah. I don't know, man. Anyway. 
Anyway. On to the question. On the question. It's not really a question. This is more of a statement. Uh, even though single-occupant households are the fastest-growing demographic in the developed world, their needs are often overlooked. Obesity and poor nutrition caused by overconsumption of uh, junk food. I just call it junk. Although, you know what? I don't allow anyone to use in my house the word junk food. I don't allow it. We have a ban on that at MoFed, too. Because I was yelling and screaming about it? Or you no, have your own no, ban? No, just in general, yeah. I think it's terrible. It's junk food, superfood, anything that's just sort of on the... Any moralizing of food, I think, is a bad... Right, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I tried to write a piece on that. We talk remember? about junk people. Yeah, yeah, poor quality people. <laughs> but I think there is food. food that's, no, there's nothing wrong with I food. I think there's food that's just poorly made. Yeah. But, like, the problem with junk, it's calling food junk, is that it then sets it up as something that you kind of want. It's yeah. like this, like, guilty first of all, pleasure. guilty pleasure. Oh, it's so decadent. Oh, they have my food is so decadent. I'm going to put slices of cucumber on my eyes yeah. and lie back and enjoy this decadent yeah. guilty pleasure. Yeah, guilty pleasure. I'm being sinful. No, it's food. Like, either it's well-made and it tastes good and makes you happy, or it's crap and garbage, and you shouldn't eat it. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overconsumption of junk food is on the rise. I believe single people are more like – I'm back to reading the question uh, – are more likely to eat prepackaged meals because they can't be bothered cooking just for themselves. I think that's true. But I don't I eat prepackaged meals because I just eat cooked eggs. As I like to say – Your prepackaged meal is a – Block of cheese. As like I say, when, when <laughs> I don't know, I have nice cheese in my free fridge. Thank you. But like you know, uh, when life ha- hands you eggs, suck eggs. Yeah. Right. Um, they need help. These are single people. Back to the question. I'm a single woman and want to help people who live alone uh, cook and eat good, healthy food, not just for their health, but because they deserve it. Uh, cooking is something I enjoy. Is this if- Claire? I don't know who is this. Louise Harper. Uh, now you made me lose my train of thought. Like, that's hard. Uh, cooking is something I enjoy, be it for myself, for my friends and family. I want to inspire others to feel the same. Freshly cooked food using natural ingredients. Although natural, I have my problems with the word natural. In fact, like I have huge problems with the word natural because if you buy into natural, right, the problem is, is that you think that the stuff that you're buying out that says natural on it is somehow what you want. What you want – is people to go buy whole things like celery and make things out of it. Right. Like something that is like celery flavored that is all natural is just as kind of reconstituted and discombobulated as anything else. Look, even like Marion Nestle believes the word natural means nothing. And when, yeah. The problem with a word that means nothing that carries connotations with it is, is that people make decisions based on it and they're being a bamboozled. Yeah. That's the issue. Uh, yeah, everyone in the business. Like knows that it is an absurdity, and yet like millions of dollars are spent by people thinking that they're doing the right thing by themselves and their family, buying things that say natural, and it's a word with zero meaning. I would say a good exercise is just in one day, look for the word natural in all the food that you eat and just see where it appears, and that will, I think, kind of be illuminating just doing that. Yeah. In fact, or if you want to know more about this subject, come to the Museum of Food and Drink on 62 Bayard Street, but that's in McKibbing Park in nice. Portland, mm. so you can uh, see how the word natural has been perverted over the last 110 years. Yeah, that's right. Oh, six, right? No, oh, nine. Was six, that all just nine. a setup for a MoFad ad? Basically. It was. That was basically. great. That was really good. I have my pseudonym, Louise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we're back to, we're back to Louise Harper. Uh, anyway, my recipes are for healthy food, not health food. And here's the important part, and here's where we totally agree. 
Sharing, she says my, but sharing a streamlined approach to cooking with your listeners will help take a lot of stress out of cooking. So uh, will my hints and tips on shopping, setting up a pantry, and essential kitchen tools. When your kitchen is well-equipped and well-stocked, cooking is way easier. Uh, Sincerely, Louise Harper. Her her, uh, blog is singleserve.net.au, so Australian. I have no idea what shopping – I've never been to Australia. I don't know what supermarkets are like there. But I think it's true. I think nine times out of ten, the problem with people cooking in general uh, at home is that they they don't have a streamlined procedure. That's why, like, uh, if you want to use a piece of equipment, keep it out on your counter. If you don't have space for it, just realize you're never going to use it again. Like – I've said this a billion times, but like once my pasta maker got taken off of the counter, my rollers, I stopped making pasta. And I had yeah. been making it for years, at least once a week, because I could see it there. And my KitchenAid was right next to it. And I knew how to like bust that stuff out. You know what I really want? This is a, you know what I really want? I want the KitchenAid pasta rollers. Mm. But they're too expensive. Why do they cost 200 bucks? Someone out there, please tell me, for God's name, why is the KitchenAid pasta roller set $200 when an Atlas like pasta roller with the same rollers on it that clamps to your counter it's like what do those things cost us do you even know they're like 50 bucks it's oh, 79.99 dave what KitchenAid pasta roller yeah i got it for 80 here online 199 how many rollers does yours come with i don't know this is bed bath and beyond i need the roller and the cutter i actually don't need the cutter i really only need the uh, roller. Okay. i can cut pasta myself no, that's i just have hands the, my fault that's just the attachment yeah no but that's all you need but but usually it comes with three attachments, two different sizes for the thick yeah, this, noodles and the thin noodles and the roller. Right. Yeah, that's one sixty for all three. Yeah. yeah, I don't need all three though. They sell just the roller. I'll find out here. I mean, again, my hands work. I can cut. Uh, you think this year, because it's the year of starch, I should get back into cutting soba again? Remember when I was on my cutting soba kick? Yeah. My soba knife sits unused in my in my lower drawer weird Japanese knife case. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay. Uh, hi, I've been listening to the radio show in the car or while I'm cooking or walking, uh, which explain uh, all things where it's a pain to stop and take notes. Also, from the show's notes, it's sometimes a bit tricky to remember which show certain things happen. This is for you, Jack. I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> this is a long way of saying, wouldn't it be cool if there were transcripts? Oh, uh, boy. If there are already transcripts, then just ignore me for being a bit slow. If not, I had an idea. Transcripts could go onto the podcast to make them more searchable, Jack. Or they could go on a wiki or something and get cross-referenced and linked by Cooking Issues fans slash nerds. Uh, it might even be a lazy way to write a book, which I do need to write a book on. You know what, uh, Father Bill uh, Daly, Father, he, you know, he, he's the cocktail. Uh, he thinks I should write cocktail priest. He thinks I should write a book called uh, Useful Rants. Rants. Oh, yeah. Rants by Dave Arnold. Not Rants Priebus. Rants. No. Uh, okay. I've been getting all nerdy about getting things transcribed through Rev.com recently. They do a pretty good job and cost $1 a minute. But if there are 231 episodes, then that's a shade over 10 grand, Jack. 10 grand. Yeah. It's a lot of money to find out of nowhere, but think of Kickstarter would make it easy. If, uh, if one of the reward tiers was $50 and you get your name at the top of one of the episode transcripts, it'd be easy. With that much volume, you'd probably get a good discount on transcription, too. <laughs> anyway, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? No Kickstarter. I think we should I'm have an intern do it by hand. Yeah, Erica just said that here in the booth. Damn. Get, get, yeah. the, get the Oompa Loompas doing it. That's right. Can we get them to sing the songs? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when we're do- doing stuff, can they just say that like if we were given good manners, we would go far? You know that little storage room in the basement we have at MoFad? That's There's a we, murder room in MoFad. You have to keep, walk down to that's it. That's where we keep the Oompa Loompas. Mm, mm, um, the Oompa are great and one of the many reasons why mm. although I love Johnny Depp that, that the more recent movie is a travesty because of the way that, a more recent one 
Oh, man. Where, where have you been? I've been building the freaking Oh, museum, oh, man. no, that's a lie. This movie came out, like, in, like, in like 11 or 12. All right, all right. Liar. Liar. Just a twinkle in your eye at that point. The museum, that is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Oh, geez. Uh, hope you're well. It's been a long time uh, since we see each other. This is from Chris. I'll, I'll, cut, I'll cut right to it. Although he does mention the last time I had the pleasure of seeing you, uh, I believe you ac- accidentally, in question mark, shot Sub-Zero Vodka in my sinus with a syringe at Tales of the Cocktail. Uh, <sighs> I may not be remembering it correctly, but either way, I've got some seriously clean sinuses. I listen to the podcast often. Usually when I'm out in the run, it never fails to teach me something. Uh, I'm working now on opening a new beer spot in Seattle called No Anchor, and finally have time to focus on some finer issues in a beer bar that I've never gotten to properly tackle. Green design, further the exploration of beer cocktails, etc. To save on time, water, energy, and labor, the only cocktails we are doing will be draft and bottled cocktails that use beer in some way. For bottling cocktails that use beer, especially those that feature beer, in which we are concerned with maintaining hop quality, we will ideally be using glass that blocks the proper wavelengths of light, brown as opposed to clear or green. Should I be concerned with whether a brown beer bottle can withstand the pressure of a carbonated cocktail? Do you have any experience with doing corked and caged cocktails in large format? No, although I want to, but I would be using probably champagne-style bottles because they're designed to cork and then cage, and you can fairly cheaply get a... um, uh, champagne corker to do it. I don't think those will fit standard beer bottles, but you probably could use a brown beer bottle that's meant for a Belgian style one that's bigger, right? One that's more of a 750 format, in which case it's fine. They will handle, those larger bottles will easily handle like up to four volumes, and you're not probably going to get above four volumes in a beer cocktail anyway, so they should. The lighter, cheaper beer bottles, right? Capping them and trying to get them to go in, some of them might have rupture problems when you're getting into the four, four and a half volumes range, but most of the time they'll be okay and if you let them come up to room temp after you've bottled them and put them somewhere uh just like once you chill them down again they're definitely safe so they might explode especially if you get secondary fermentation inside of one of the one of them which is a distinct possibility because you're adding sugar that's where you're going to look out right so you're either going to want to kill off fermentation uh so that there's no more yeast that's alive in it or you might run into problems with explosion if they're left at room temperature if you leave them at fridge temperature they will build over time you might still get some explosions but you never know but it's, it's something to be aware of when you're bottling cocktails for a long period of time that they're going to change over time if there's live yeast. And even if there's not, unless you add a, something to actually destroy yeast, right, like a preservative that kills yeast, you're going to have issues with yeast in the, stu- in the stuff uh, fermenting and reducing your sugar levels as well as increasing your carbonation levels. Second, as oxygen is the enemy of beer, are there any methods you would suggest to testing when transferring beer from a keg into a corny keg for a draft cocktail? Are the effects of light and oxygen going to be moot once we roll the beer uh, up into a full cocktail to be served within a week? Are there small steps I can take to get that extra little pop jazz hands? Thanks for your time. Chris Elford, uh, who's a certified Cicerone, which is a beer thing. Okay, uh, you're not going to get a lot of uh, oxygen during the transfer simply because it's already carbonated. So if as long as it's already carbonated before you do the transfer, it's continually effervescing. And because it's continually effervescing, it doesn't have a lot of time to do a lot of oxygen uptake to it. And it, it kind of forms its own barrier. You can pre-purge your kegs and everything with CO2 to make sure that you're not, you're not dumping into oxygen and getting some mixing there. Uh, and you can then post-carbonate again into the keg and do a couple flash-offs to make sure you've gotten any uh, oxygen out and you have primarily a uh, CO2 in there. But hopefully that works. Uh, so I'm being told that we're out of time. Next week, I'm going to talk to Alex about Cook's Illustrated Review of Black or Blue, depending on how you talk about it, steel pans versus cast iron and what I think about cast iron and steel pans. And that's Cooking Issues. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website, 
or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.